We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That's it. You people have stood in my way long enough. I'm going to clone college. That Tuesday's in the books. So thank yous are due to our producers. Ray Diaz, Adam Studzinski, and Brandon Fryer. We're getting into uh, weird producer season. Yeah. This time of year where you don't know who your producers are one day to the next. You don't know who your co-hosts we are. We didn't know what the next show R- was. Random people show up. I don't think up. Brandon's weird. Well, I'm just saying, it's, 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 well, you I mean, they're all they're, they're radio <laughs> producers. They're all weird. But it's just the idea that you this time, holiday season, you show up at work and it's like, you, you just presume, no, just say Tyler because chances are one of them's named Tyler. <laughs> True. So you're usually in good shape there. So to have our producers here this time of year is actually quite nice. Uh, thanks to the video feed dudes. They like work. Connor O'Donnell and Kevin Lapka. Cody Westerland is in the house today. Is he really? Yeah, I haven't seen Cody. He's here. He's got Bulls thoughts for you whenever you can just, you know. It's you, a good time to have Bulls thoughts. Damn right, because they're playing some real ball. Mm. Our guests, Jaquan Brisker, Patrick Manley, and Jim Miller. Mark Grody is here. Anthony Heron is here. Hello. How are you? How about Sean Sears wearing the the Kobe White jersey mm. And making today? sure we know when yeah. he bought it. When did too. he buy it? Two years ago. Which, Fresh. Good for him. Good for him. I mean. It doesn't fit him, though. Uh, right. And apparently he received criticism from his girlfriend that he should. He, he should he, stop wearing her Kobe White jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do they have that in a men's or no? Right. That would be the criticism. I, I feel like basketball jerseys are a bad choice. Yes. If you're not a child. Full, full stop. If you're right. not a child or, you know, that's probably it. If you're not a child. Which jerseys are the best choice? Wait a minute. How does this jersey not fit right? It's too small. His too girlfriend small. said it. Bigger? His girlfriend said he doesn't have the right body type. Right? Wasn't that it, Sears? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe you know what? I don't, you know what? You know what you do? Body shame <laughs> this young man. Wow. <laughs> Wait, what body type is she talking about? I don't about? know. I don't think that. I don't think that Sean wow. looks. I think I think Sean actually looks pretty good in that jersey. See, I think it fits perfect. Most people don't look you good it's in not, a basketball. You, I don't think you'd want to play in. I mean, you could as far as just He's wearing it's fine, <laughs> but it'd be, it would be a little tight to play in. I think. So if he just went over to the rec center in his Kobe White jersey, starting to hoop, hey. that'd be a bad choice. Ne- Hockey sweaters, I never, think, are, are pretty great. Never there go to go. the rec center because they're huge, jersey. right? Yeah, and I mean, like the, the, the thicker too. So like, if you're mm. wearing a hockey sweater in the fall, I think that's it. Probably okay, but. Basketball jersey, that's never a good idea. I've got an old Negro League baseball jersey, but it's not really a baseball jersey. It really cloaks more like uh, a hockey sweater. Yeah. Because it's huge. The the sleeves are kind of long, and the jersey itself just Maybe like, it is hangs real. down is that, low, if it, if that could me. be real if it's actually old, like old, old cotton. Wool. It, it's old got a very thick wool sort of yeah. authentic mm. vibe to it, yeah. Only basketball jersey I have is Michael Jordan. Number forty-five oh, okay. still has the tag on it. Yeah. I, I have not worn it. I think it's worth now 
hundred and two dollars. <laughs> so you bought I it for ninety nine dollars. Maybe it's worth more it's, now. It's I've, probably worth more than that. Gross. Possible. Yeah, I've, it's just well, it all just the Jordan hangs. Jordan files and collectors out there. Yeah, okay. with the tag still on it. All right, get attention, attention. Mm. I have that with the tag still on. We yes, got, it we got to get you on Pawn Stars. Okay. Pawn. Pawn. You got to say that Pawn. very clearly. Pawn. I'm get down you on some. Pawn. And I have the most unoriginal Bears jersey of all time. Walter Payton. Sweetness? Well, close, close. Butkus. Erlacher. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> because it was right. just before yeah. I really started covering hardcore sports, and I'm mm. still just an Erlacher fan. That was the only time that I think I ever called into the score. It was after, I think it was a Bears-Vikings game. Who hung up on and, you? No, no, it was Doug. It was Doug and OB, and all I wanted to ask those guys was, is this Erlacher for real? Is what I'm seeing? This guy running sideline to sideline? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, it's real. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you buy the jersey after that conversation on the score? No, that was the, the Erlacher had been purchased for him. It was he a was gift. wearing it. I was wearing the Erlacher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you go and get a barbed wire tattoo, too? I, I did yeah. not go that no. far with okay. it, but uh, it's not too late is it i mean never yeah do you have all your jerseys your like actual um, yeah i was just actually talking about this with my wife the other night just in the the proposed move at some point to bigger space oh, and all that like here we go she's got her old athletic jerseys i've got my old jersey does bishop know what that that usually so they're they're not like shadows and framed yet uh but we we were talking jerseys with him and he started talking about his jerseys and then his mom was like you know you know you can have other jerseys i don't know if i want you to have football jerseys and you know not gonna start an argument with wife about football jerseys right now he's six and he's not playing football yet but at some point when the the urge strikes him when the desire is there then it'll be worthy a, of having that debate a, a coach is going to look at your son soon <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, those calls are probably are coming and go hey that kid who looks like he belongs in the justice league why don't you come over here where's your dad <laughs> yeah I, I was thinking where's that if you're, if you're starting a, if yeah. you're starting to talk about the, the move uh, and bishop might you really because yeah. usually it means that bishop's going to have a little brother or sister coming is oh, oh is what no, i'm thinking no, I'm start, just, no you know, another bedroom needed <laughs> big ant would like a yard because he has a justice league child right and that child is too it big needs, for the south need, loop. space you need a dog it, run some additional space it needs something <laughs> yeah. It's funny. We, we were talking about this too yesterday because, and I was joking, I, and I mentioned it earlier that like t- tonight there's a hockey uh, high school hockey reunion where my kid is going to. I don't know. Is, I heard you is, say that. Is, oh, he, is Dario playing? I don't know. Is he in town? I I don't know. Double don't know. Well, text him because he better I will be there. Ask Jennifer. Double yeah, will, yeah. Yes. Get get him out there because I, they're, they're going to have a fun night tonight. I will. And and he hasn't put his stuff on in in nine months. Okay. So I told him. I said, you know, we we did kind of go through the room and, and, and put because we sent him the quilt. We did the okay. surprise thing in college. We got all his yeah. old jersey. Put the quilt together. We, we're kind of telling stories. And I and I was reminded of when he was five or six and we'd gotten him various jerseys that we'd gotten him and and i think he had like uh julius peppers or whatever he had and he we were in the jewel jewels and we saw a friend of ours and they're with their eldest who had a a wells park travel baseball jersey with his own name on it Mm. and i remember and jason said something to me we're walking around he goes he goes daddy said how can I get a jersey with my name on it? That's that's my jersey. Mm. And I said, well, you, you got to make a travel team, <laughs> you know, because it's not gonna, house league. You're going to get your little t-shirts and all right. that. I said, that's that you, you, it was like be better. Right? Kind of, you know, you're, that, those are those are travel kids. Uh-huh. Travel kids get their names on their jerseys. Yeah, and he and he, and he put that in the back of his head. And then he said he he told me like last night he said he always thought about that okay. like that was always the thing yeah. when he saw a kid that he knew because it was his friend's big brother who had his name on the jersey mm. so I'm not gonna wear someone else's name uh-huh. it's Correct. me out there see my wife was an all American she's got much higher standards than me so when we started talking jerseys with us on the other night then she was more like ah you know play college maybe go to the pro route I'm like but. They don't have youth teams where we can get them a jersey or something like wow. that. Wow, you know, she's she's uber competitive. See, but you get to far an- more competitive. The, the, than me. the difference is you get to answer the big question differently than we got to answer. <laughs> where do you think I could be a major league baseball player? And I had to say no, no, Sorry. I no, I don't. <laughs> do you think I could play in the minor leagues? 
No. <laughs> what about so, the Chicago dogs? <laughs> but if, Maybe. And, and eventually, that was actually we talked it through, and he ended up exactly where I said he was probably. I said, if you maximize every last bit of talent in your body and work as hard as you possibly can, you could probably play small college or on a club team at a bigger school. He's the number two starter in that, the rotation, man. On a club team. But I was like, I scouting yeah. was right. right. That, that, that <laughs> You're welcome, on. Offspring. <laughs> that, that was, but I was, I was as honest as I could be. So, and, so what, what are those of us who are not big Ant Heron? What are we supposed to do? Because I, I was just thinking about it. Like I have almost all of my baseball jerseys. Make a quilt. The quilt's What's not you in the quilting. A quilt. Not, you send it away. It is There's a thing. A, okay. you, we're kind of looking I'll have, forward to it. Quilt's not a bad I, I, idea. I can get yeah. the information. It, it is awesome. It's so cool. So looking. quilting is not just for grandmas anymore. Well, you send it away. That's no, where no, my no, no. You, you, are you okay. picturing him making there's, the quilt? Yeah, that I was. Was. No, there's someone, <laughs> there's someone who does this. Sitting there with his legs so crossed. Uh, yeah, because they're just sitting there in my closet, and I don't, I don't think I'm ever. The only I wore my travel one last year because. Homewood asked me to throw out the first pitch to kick oh, off the baseball that's cool. season. Yeah. So I was able to wear my Homewood jersey because they split the two Homewood and Flossmore, two different baseball programs in the summer. I didn't know that. Yeah. That was news to me, They're too. different cities. So hmm. I I played on Team Homewood during okay. the summer, and then during the spring you play with your buddies at, at the high school. Does Flossmore look down on, on Homewood? Yes. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> yes. V- very much so. Yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think there's still the rule of you can't have, like, work trucks parked on the street oh, yeah. in, in Flossmore. Hmm. I think that's still the rule there, but it's I been a while. Night or just ever? Well, you can't be mad at that, <laughs> Mister Mister No Dump Trucks on Lake Shore Drive guy. <laughs> that's the law here. In the city. That's, well, that's the law there too. That's for a reason. the The reason is because Lakeshore Drive is not built for eighteen wheelers. Hmm. You should be able to park your truck in a driveway <laughs> overnight. Like, what's wrong with these people? But that's not a bad idea because I've got I've got Jackie Robinson West. I've got my Homewood. My HF, my DePaul jerseys, like they're just sitting there, and I'm never really going yeah. to wear them. At least my my, my road DePaul is with an ex girlfriend. But uh, what? Oh, yeah, you gotta get that back. It's gone. I, I, they're I, like the Mariah Carey ring, like just something of great value that was never returned at the end of a relationship. Yeah. And, okay. And the, I'm sure that the ex girlfriend at this point is thrown it away because <laughs> she's married and has. Beautiful children. I'm so. still waiting for a watch. Yeah, a watch that <laughs> yeah. I left with my most recent ex girlfriend. Yes, a watch. Has there been a, a request? Of pawn yeah. stars. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that pawn. watch is long I, I, gone. I, I was pawn, thinking yeah. of Butch and Pulp Fiction. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this uncomfortable hunk of metal has been up my yep <laughs> for him, 18 years. Go, this, going back to get it. This yeah. is your father's watch. <laughs> Scene took such a turn, and his, yes, his delivery of it was just impeccable. Oh yeah, just impeccable. You start to get in, you're sort of mesmerized yeah, by the right. story. This right. uncomfortable <laughs> hunk of metal yep. for how long? Eighteen years? Was Sounds it? Right. Yeah. Up, yeah. yeah. I see you. Um, you're list Matt Spiegel, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. You are listening to Sports Radio 670 The Score WSCR HD Chicago WBMX HD2 Chicago and Odyssey Station. Can, can I, you can you make yeah. sure that you hand me powdered toast man who's sitting on top of the mic stand? Are you, are you worried right about in front it? of you? Because you about yeah, there is powdered toast surviving? man yeah, right in front of you. Uh, oh, I didn't say, I, was, I, was, I got fixated no, had, on Robert. Had, as, as, as one does. But we had a crisis yesterday because I I couldn't find powdered toast man. Oh no! And I left the, and I I was worried that I left him there and that somebody oh. was going to do something to him, mm. like our Tony Kemp poster, because you can't trust anything you leave in here. So that's your dorm room. So I call Ray. I said, Ray, 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 please go into the studio during a break and get powdered toast, man. And and Ray's like, I can't find him. And then Parkins texts me, and Parkins says, It's not in here. He's he's not in here. So I thought, Oh no. And then next thing you know, you got a ransom note with like different letters well, cut out. People don't realize if anything happens to powdered toast, man, Matt Eberflus has the job for life. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. If, if, if this go, if it's like if, a voodoo curse. Yes. If anything happens, if somehow this disappears, Eberflus never has to relinquish the Bears' coaching <laughs> job in perpetuity. So, we it turns out I had I had put him in my bag underneath my my travel oh, mug. Okay. So we found him, 
It's okay. Mm-hmm. Crisis disaster averted. All right. So we're 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 good. In case you were wondering, <laughs> would there be Jim Boylan level celebrations, or would this just be all right? This is just the next sensible phase in your mind. At whatever point the uh, no the, no, it's not, no it's flus. not Jim. No yeah. no no no. This isn't close to anything. It just Jim Boylan was a a terrible coach and a horrible guy. Mm. Politician, just right. Worse. Yeah. Backstabber. Conniving Iago like schemer, and and like like just mean and dumb and bad. Eberflus is nice, and I'm sure I'm to the extent I know he's he's fine. He's just not good at being an NFL head coach for my team. However, he's starting to tell you the things that he does well at the beginning of press conferences (laughs) because that's what he did on Monday. He spent a and I, I, and we're going to talk about all this today. And a little bit on Sunday, right? And a little bit on Sunday. Yeah. And so that that tells me that either there is some heat on him that he knows of and he is. The fight or flight response is kicked <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. And he's saying. Now, tell you how good I am at checkers. I, 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 can, I can play a humdinger of a game of checkers. <laughs> doing what we would all do if either if we're selling ourselves for a raise or to save our asses. That's what Matt Eberflus said. Or. He's just sick and tired of all the questions that we're asking or the things that we're saying in front of Mike's about his job. And I guess that is, like you said, Dan, it's a natural Could be one in reaction, same, right? right? Like, mean, yeah. the, wouldn't we all do that? In that? And that doesn't mean that Matt Eberflus should keep his job. I'm just saying I get what the man is doing the, at this point. The other coaching tell of, of, a, of an embattled coach is it wasn't about the effort. Oh, yeah. Our guys played totally, hard. Totally. You, you have to reinforce well, they're playing hard for you. That's uh, why. We, it's, it's definitely not an it's not effort. That's why when we, when no, it's the questions, and you guys were talking to Jaquan Brisker about it, too, but the, the questions of the, the lax attitude in the second half, like Darnell Mooney speaking up, DJ Mar- there's no way Matt Eberflus is going to play ball <laughs> on those kinds of things. He's going to explain momentum to us, mm-hmm. which, which he did. Which wasn't, which wasn't a great explanation. wasn't a great explanation, <laughs> but there's, there's no way in hell he's going to accept any of that kind of stuff because that's the, the visual indictment. Like, that's the indictment that we can all see. You know what I mean? Like, everybody could see if, if the team quits, if they're not playing for 60 minutes. That's the easy, low-hanging fruit of a coach that we go, okay, well, if that's half, too many penalties. That's on the coach. Those are the easy things. Flus knows that. And, I mean, I do I, – I was telling the guys yesterday, I do – I understand the point that he's trying to describe here where, you know, uh, like, to me, it's it's really difficult and kind of parsing words with guys, especially post-game, like, using a word like comfort. It doesn't feel like it makes a lot of sense. At what point would you get comfortable in a football game when you have a 10-point lead in the second half? Why would you think the game is a wrap? But it did. Even through the TV, it did seem to me that that third quarter, especially early on, where there wasn't the same kind of juice, the same kind of effort, the same extra heartbeat, even in series that weren't finishing well for the offense earlier in the game, you saw like, all right, let's attack. Let's get back shoulder here. Let's try to finish a run and get through a tackle. And it did seem like, for whatever reason, there there was a few series there in the third quarter where that wasn't there. And I think it just it happens in the ebb and flow of the game at times. And, yes, momentum can be an overused word, but it, it does speak to some of that. And that's where if there is a player, an individual player, even Roshan Johnson at times earlier in the season was that guy who just, like, would truck somebody and everybody <laughs> would say, ooh. And then suddenly there was a little bit more verve to the operation, and, and Deontay Foreman has had Vim. Yeah, I mean, it, Deontay Foreman has been that guy a few times this season. You're not getting it from him. You're not getting it from Khalil Herbert. And then you got a banged up DJ Moore. And, you know, it'd be nice to get some version of that from Justin Fields. You didn't see that happening against the top defense in football on the road. So, you know, I, I didn't. I don't take those comments to indicate that they felt like they had the game won in the third quarter. But how do you coach them into it? How do you call them into aggression? How do you call them into some sort of enhanced either confidence or urgency. None of that ended up kind of taking place. And, again, it's it's a hostile environment. It's on the road. No one has played well in Cleveland aside from, like, Lamar Jackson was, cold was and wet. good. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you know, it's, it's not a game where I think our hopes should have been that high for the Bears' offense because no one else in the league had gone there and performed that well on offense. Again, Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Ravens, he was super efficient, two touchdowns passing, two touchdowns running. 
Other than that, everybody else, whether it's Joe Burrow or MVP Brock Purdy or Trevor Lawrence turning the ball over every other series as the game we're on, like everybody else got embarrassed in Cleveland on offense. So that that aspect of it didn't necessarily shock me. Yeah. I ran and, something by your your sometimes television partner, Jim Miller. Oh, yeah. And it was interesting because we ended up going down like a line of questioning about how to raise a quarterback and like all the little things that, that maybe we take for granted. Like I'm looking at the Bears situation and I'm not, I don't want to use this as an indictment. I want to try and use this as a way to learn how to do it better. If you add in like all the little things of, do you have the right play caller, play designer? Mm. Do you have the right quarterback coach? And then we started talking about the room, the quarterback room itself. When I look at the, like, when you objectively look at the Bears quarterback room, it's a bad room. You have a, a D2 quarterback as your backup, a guy that's trying to make sure that he is rostered and can have a career, mm-hmm. which he should be. He right. should be looking out for that. Right. You have a failed starter that hasn't played a lot of games that really can't offer a lot mm-hmm. in way of, of giving the, the, the quarterback some help. And when you're designing this for whomever, whether it's Justin Fields or Caleb Williams or Drake May or should your quarterback room look different than that? To have the Chase Daniel to Tight. Mitchell Trubisky. Yes. Right? Someone who doesn't threaten the starting gig, but who's been around the block a lot and can impart veteran-type knowledge to a young QB. Like player-to-player, peer-to-peer. At practice, in his mm. ear, between reps. And they, yeah. and they Remember t- to keep this in mind because you know, yeah. you know that they like to do this on second and third down. da 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 mm. They, and they've always, that's the one thing the Bears have had through the years from Trubisky up until this point. They've always had, like, say what you want about Andy Dalton mm-hmm. or Chase Daniel or any Nick Foles. These guys were great in that quarterback's room. They were huge for those guys. So, And that and, almost, you almost end up defaulting into that with guys like Dalton and, you know, and, and Foles to some extent because, you know, they expected to be the starter. And I think that's even a little bit different where, all right, if you're willing to accept yeah. the backup yeah. role and tough. be a good soldier yeah. in yeah. that role, that, that's a little bit different than someone who knows they're being brought in to be the additional QB coach, to be the additional mentor to a young quarterback. Doesn't mean he can't work in that space, but then you also run into, you know, shots of foals on the sideline talking about how the system is broken, the offense oh, is yeah. worse. Yeah. Yeah, well, kind of stuff too. This bleep ain't going to work. Yeah. <laughs> we right. can't block any of this. Uh, Come on. Yeah. That yeah. Was the other, I, I thought another thing that Jim Miller said was really interesting, and maybe this is a symptom, too, of that quarterback's room, but he talked about how that essentially saying that Justin Fields needs to be more prepared. 100%. That blew me away. We're going to play that that cut a little bit later that's, on. That's the other part of it that I think is interesting because I keep going back to Josh Lucas and I had this conversation about the quarterbacks that are in the draft a few weeks ago. And he kind of went you know through each guy. And he puts a real emphasis on games played at the college level, which makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to me. Because you're seeing more things, more coverages, all sorts of stuff like that. That's why I go back to like the quarterback room and like the way that we bring up quarterbacks through high school and college. Has there ever been in Trevor Lawrence's life, Justin Fields's life, Brock Purdy's life, someone that's qualified to go, no, this is how you watch tape? Mm. I know that you're putting in the hours. Uh-huh. I can see that you're logged in on whatever device that you're logged in on, but you're not doing it the right way. Hmm. This is what you should be concerned with, and this is the priority with which you should be concerned with watching tape. I I wonder, it, I'm globalizing it. I yeah. know that it's, it's a local story, but I'm globalizing right. it because there's a bunch of these quarterbacks that are in the league right now that I thought Trevor Lawrence would be a lot further yeah, yeah. than he is right now. And he played more football in college than Fields did because Trevor ended up starting as a true freshman. They're the same recruiting class, and they competed against each other in, in some ways in high school and all that. And then, but there, know, more, the, there was the more Georgia time on task. thing with right. Justin Fields. I thought, and, then, and, and this this is the a name that we we know they tried to incentivize him. To, Kyler Murray is another one mm-hmm. who yes. I always thought should have been significantly better by now. Uh, I don't well, remember if it was on it. Well, go ahead. But we know kind of. With Justin, I don't think it's a matter of him not 
doing the work. Mm-hmm. I think it's a matter of do you know what yeah. you don't know? Are you doing the work correctly? Right, right, <laughs> so, right. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think Justin's playing Call of Duty until three. Right, days right. no, he's, just, he's he's not lazy. Not he he is. is the guy there early. He is the guy leaving late. He is earnest in his prep. But yeah, I mean that the the Miller stuff was fascinating. And where you know the, the conversation you guys had with Dan Weeder yesterday, and it led to I'm, immediately as I'm listening back to it on the Odyssey app, I, I text Grody and, and the guys. It's like, all right, let's let's have a blame pie conversation at some point during the show because what what really intrigues me about <laughs> that conversation is for the the focus where whether it is this sort of monolithic focus on Justin has to be better and the QB's not good enough. Well, of course in the history of Bears football, that is the conversation with every first round quarterback the Bears have ever had or with the offensive coaches, you know, with Luke Getzey, and there's a lot of detail in, in what he's done well, what he hasn't done well, the offseason, and why the first month of the year offensively started schematically in the way that it did. But in the end, for the Bears as an organization to have success, if, if they move on from Justin Fields and somebody else is in here, how do you develop a quarterback? And so to examine Justin's faults is very important, but then also – Whoever is going to coach and develop the next quarterback or quarterbacks, that has to be examined. That's extremely important to know. If we are going to take the number one overall pick and the future of this franchise is in that individual's hands, whether it's with the current coaching staff or the next one, what are the mistakes that were made with the last two talented quarterbacks? And, you know, again, on the day after the draft, I came on this this station and said, I disagree with the evaluation of Mitchell Trubisky. While at the same time, I also told Lawrence – whatever, like two years into Mitch's time here, they should be able to devise a way to win games with Mitch that Matt Nagy isn't executing well. We were out on some golf course somewhere doing a show about something. I mean, it was me and Speaks and Lawrence. I'm like, Mitch is talented enough, hardworking enough. I'm not sure if he sees the field well enough, but there is a version of football they should be able to win consistently with, even with him. And there's organizations in the NFL. It's not just San Francisco. It's not just Green Bay. What about Pittsburgh? The Steelers cycle through quarterbacks. The Eagles cycle through quarterbacks. There are organizations in the National Football League that win consistently regardless of QB, and it's all about their infrastructure, how they develop all positions in that franchise. That's what the Bears have to figure out more than anything else. If they move on from Justin, it might make all the sense in the world. That does not answer the question of why they've never developed a quarterback. I have a theory. My working theory on this is I still believe that they're that the groups the group of quarterbacks over the next probably to the end of like the next five years that make their way to the NFL are all the generation of quarterbacks where high school coaches figured out best player gets the ball in their hands all the time mm-hmm. no matter what and they were able to out athlete everyone yeah. on even once you get to the college level mm-hmm. you know there are things that I don't know how much actual quarterbacking has occurred so that when these guys get to the highest levels of college football, of course Trevor Lawrence is your starting quarterback the moment he walks in the door. Mm-hmm. He, or else someone else is going to, <laughs> to be the starting quarterback because they're all, all of these guys have been recruited up the wazoo to do it. Are they getting what they need and have the coaches caught up with how to flip the switch between what you were running, RPO stuff that you were doing in high school and college, and how that doesn't and does translate to the NFL game. That's My theory is that there's a generation of quarterbacks that are going to go through these growing pains at a, a higher rate of game games played before we know for sure, where maybe you're talking about early on it's two seasons of games. And now maybe it's three or three and a half before you know this guy's got it or this guy doesn't. And you've got to find the right teachers to make them to bridge that gap between some of the stuff that there was so easy for them. Mm -hmm. Because here's what you do. We're in a jam, Justin. What are you going to do? Oh, I'll just I'll just run through that guy (laughs) and I'll run around that guy Uh and I'll run past that guy. Sounds like a plan. (laughs) Justin on three, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right. And then you get to the right. NFL and you're like, 
oh, I'll just run. Oh, <laughs> I tried to run through that guy, and that guy was Miles Garrett. And it's playing out at a time where our not only our attention span, but our patience for mm-hmm. development mm-hmm. at that spot is uh-huh. lower than yes. it's ever uh-huh. been in the history of the sport. Yes. Where when Donovan McNabb came in, when when all these other guys who were very raw in their skill set, but the plan was to sit. Yeah, or Patrick out. Mahomes. Or they weren't raw. Or they were Troy Aikman, or they were Terry yeah. Bradshaw, or they were Peyton Manning, and they yeah. were allowed to throw 37 interceptions. <laughs> right. right through the paint. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's yeah. what Troy and you, that's just what you did. Well, I can, well, I can talk about this well, with you many. guys like all day. Like I'm fascinated by uh-huh. it. Like I'm I'm trying to figure out how to get it right, yeah. and I'm sure that every NFL front office is trying to to work through the, the same and you, thing. You have your I'm sure I haven't looked at the text line. You have your C.J. Stroud. You have your Joe Burrow. Those are the exceptions. That that is not the expectation every time someone drafts a quarterback in the first round that they come in and immediately look comfortable. And with both those guys, there were there were times where Joe Burrow hit. You know, the skid's a little bit. C.J. Stroud will at some point, even this season, there's some skids to hit. And let's see what happens when he's back healthy. Right. After dealing with conco- – like, there's there's so much. It's fascinating. Yeah. I'm glad you guys Fair. are going to talk about it. Fair. What uh, have you uh, – <laughs> How will you handle How will you be today? Handle, have you – Have you go. We're going to pick this up. We are going to discuss the, the delicious – pie chart of blame and um, i don't really like pie but blame pie is my favorite oh pie. it's delicious I, I can get into the minutiae of blame pie all day long other than that i'm more of a cake man give so. me a delicious blueberry pie that's mm, that, that's right. where it starts and ends for me but we will also have chase daniel i'm gonna ask chase daniel why if the the quarterback room matters for the bears since you guys brought that up uh, Peter King will be on at 3.30 today. Sweet. And we will talk Bulls. Yes. We are going to yes. stop ourselves from the Bears at least at 5 o'clock and maybe a couple more times. But we will have Joe Colley of the Sun-Times on to talk about oh, Chicago great. Bulls. I started you talked talking quarterbacking with him, too. I, I, see, well, yeah. Talking we about Trubisky. Talking about, yeah, yeah, talk about right, Kenny Pickett. Right, we were yeah. joking about the Steelers earlier. I, I ran out of time. I was, I was hoping to uh, – to lambast them for for some bull stuff, but they can listen in, and I'll tell them uh, why they were wrong. Is Mitch good, show. Lawrence? Is Mitch good? No, is he good? He's not good. I, we're not doing think, that. Session. I think Mitch Rosen is awesome. Yeah, I do. Yeah, Rosen, I mean, good. Trubisky. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. That is hair looks correct. much better than yours today. <laughs> I'll explain the hair later. Have a great day, guys. Uh, right, the Parkins and Spiegel Show is coming up with that guy, Big Ant, and me, Mark Rody, here on the score. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. If y'all ready, give me a hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! You could lose to Arizona and Atlanta and Green Bay and try to lock in two picks in the top five. Oh, the lose-out crowd is back. I mean, it's objectively the right thing to do. You're back leading the lose-out crowd. <laughs> I mean, if the if the quarterback is gone and the coach is gone and the coordinator's gone, God, I'm it's... pretty I'm pretty sure, and you've already shown, I mean, you've already won two more games than last year. Uh... Do, do you really need, need to beat Arizona? Oh, no. We suck again. The coaches should try to win. I'm talking about for fans. What is in the best interest of the Bears long term as a fan? I'll tell you this. I'm going to get to week 18. I'm still going to root for them to beat the crap out of the Packers. All right. Good for you. Again. Yo, Packers suck. Texter is saying, I'm really looking forward to being part of Danny's lose out crowd every year for the next 10 years. No. No, I go. I went into this year saying it wasn't a part of the lose-out I went crowd. into yesterday. <laughs> I went into the 2 o'clock hour I didn't, thinking I, that I wasn't part of the lose-out crowd. I, no, by the way, fourth quarter. I went into yesterday, too. Uh, I went into yesterday because if they won the game yesterday, the playoff hopes were still alive. They, yes. lost, they lost. The playoff hopes are over. And four teams in front of them lost games yesterday. Yeah, I know. It would have worked out perfectly if they held a damn lead. Including them. They lost. <laughs> I'm just saying. It sucks. This particular thing absolutely sucks. Look, of course, logically, it makes sense. All right, that's all I needed. Uh, that's all I needed. Uh, One, two, three. And here, here we go, Jim. Here we go. Here we go, Jim. Here we go, Tony. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Afternoons from 2 to 6 on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. What's going on? Parkins and Spiegel are on vacation. So is that where they are? They okay. are gone. Actually, I think Danny is done until next year. I think Ooh. he's off until the new year. Spiegel might be back this week at some point in time. I'm not really sure. Okay. But what I know is that you and I are in. And you we are. are Anthony Heron. That's me. I am Mark Grody. That's you. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. No Spiegel, you. no Parkins. 
What's so, going yeah. on here? Yeah, we don't even need Coach just coming in. Coach Wani's in. We're Speaks. We got both We're of them. We're Speaks. Okay, we got them both. And yeah, from the very go, second Thanks. that Dan Thanks. and Lawrence mentioned that they wouldn't be here, I think a couple texts came in saying, do those guys ever work? I mean, we get so much crap around here for taking days off. You know, We are entitled to. Dream job. Just yeah, like everybody know. else, we are entitled to vacation days. This was supposed to be your day off, right? I mean, it was it's a supposed Tuesday to be my day off. In the National Football League, the Bears beat there is no news to break from Hallis Hall at the moment. No one's speaking because they're all, I don't know, Christmas shopping or something like that. But you're here. I'm you're here. here with me. I am here and asking the question that we were discussing in transition. Is Mitch good? Is, is, yeah, is Mitch good? <laughs> Actually, I think we found out that he wasn't good uh, or isn't good. He's not like what the, he was supposed to be. The latest edition of that. A, yeah. a, a worthy backup quarterback in the National Football League. Sure. But I don't, now, know, I don't yeah. know necessarily that the Bears could have done anything to make him better. But the mm-hmm. question is really good. Why have the Chicago Bears never been able to fully develop a quarterback? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how far we, we want to mm-hmm. go back. I mean, it, it's we're probably going to focus on Mitch Trubisky and Justin beginning. Fields when we talk about this. There was, but, okay. yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you could go back, I suppose, to, to Rex Grossman. I don't know if there was something more the Bears could have gotten out of him, although for about eight games, he did look, I think he was talked about as an MVP candidate in one of those years. So he sexy. did, he had sexy mm. Rex. He did yeah. have a spurt of really goodness, mm. but it faded away way quickly I mean guys like Cade McNown and some of these guys that I mean even the even the guys that they have brought in to the organization Cordell Stewart I mean I think they got fleeced by the Steelers because (laughs) the Steelers went with who Tommy Maddox and Maddox Uh. thrived Um, but yeah Yeah, this last thing was fun in Pittsburgh for a little while but then at a certain point they said all right play quarterback and play it well you know (laughs) wasn't able to sustain that but it is it's different and it's difficult and there's there's a few teams who just kind of continue to get it right without having that one guy at the top of the draft. You know, it's one thing to see where Green Bay had 30 years of QB supremacy because they had two Hall of Fame guys. But even Favre and Rodgers both struggled early in their career. But then we're seeing our Jordan Love in his first full season as a starter, having some up and downs. But on the whole, looking like a guy who's who's got potential to perform at a high level in the National Football League. But so many teams around the league that we've kind of been discussing, whether it is Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco had, you know, Joe Montana to Steve Young, but then in the recent years beyond that, with multiple coaching staffs, they still find a way on an annual basis to be in the playoff conversation, in the Super Bowl conversation with QB after QB. So there are some franchises who aren't just waiting to hit on the quarterback and then everything else is pulled together and, and greatness shows itself regardless of all that. It's, it's awesome if you can get that, but that's hard to get, man. That, that's hard to get someone at that position, such a dependent position on everything around you going well also and just say, we finally got the guy who's going to be awesome regardless of anything around him. That's not usually how this works out. It usually works out where you build amazing infrastructure and then you put someone in it and they develop. They, they sort of get nurtured and become an excellent football player. Yes, you need the requisite physical, mental, emotional tools to do that at a high level. But we're still waiting for the Bears to not only draft that guy, but then have personnel, overall infrastructure in place that nurtures the best out of them on a consistent basis. And, and that's where the, the conversation and the nuance within it is really important because there, there are a number of things that all of us have talked about that Justin needs to get better. There are a number of things where Luke Getze, after the first month of the season, I do think things began to get catered more towards the skill set of the QB and the offensive line, the offense as a whole. And on the whole, he certainly had some moments. I, I didn't hate the entire game he called yesterday or the last couple of weeks. Yes, yeah, some individual moments in there that are, are worthy of question and where, where I didn't love the play call or the decision that got made here or there. But I think Luke Getze is better at his job. I think Matt Eberflus is better at his job. I think Justin Fields is better at his job than any of them were last season or in the opening game of this season. But none of that is coming together in a way that consistently leads the Bears to victory. And so with these big decisions that will have to be made over the offseason, then to try and figure out what Ryan Poles, what Kevin Warren will have to try and figure out is whether we're sticking with the current guy, which, yes, seems more likely with the number one pick in the draft that they would go the direction of the draft. But then if you do that, 
that guarantees you nothing unless you actually have infrastructure in place and coaching in place to get the best out of that individual and everyone around them on that side of the football. So it's not nearly as binary as the conversation becomes of who's at fault. Is, is it this guy? Is it that guy? Is it the player? Is it the coach? There's a lot of nuance in it that Kevin Warren and Ryan Poles are going to have to get into, and we'll take our turn at trying to dig into some of that too. The, the nuanced uh, pie chart of blame mm. is really what it is. I look at Luke Getzey and I say, I don't know if he's a great offensive coordinator. I think that I have been more praising of him than a lot of other people. And I, like I said, I, I don't know if he's good at his job or not on the overall. I think he's been okay. But I will say he he's had somewhat of a dizzying task because last year was was so good for Justin Fields with what he did with his feet. He was a superstar mm-hmm. in terms of what he did with his legs. And so the theme, though, in the offseason and at the end of the year even, even Justin Fields was, all right, that's great, that's awesome, but let's get this guy to be a pocket passer. And everybody hitting everybody over the head with, hey, that's what he did at Ohio State. Let him be that pocket passer. And, of course, use the legs. Let him roll out. Let him do things like that. And that's stuff that the offensive coordinator has to do. But the task for Luke Getze going in training camp was to, okay, let's do this thing now. Mm -hmm. That's great what happened last year. Everybody everybody wanted Justin Fields to become a pocket passer Mm -hmm. and a guy who could throw for 250 yards a game and and run run 60, 70 yards a game. And that's why some people thought that he would be an MVP. That's why he Mm -hmm. was number 85 on the list of top 100, because not just because of what he did last year, because if you just add – passing to the repertoire, he's going to be good. So what did Luke Getze do this year? He made him stand in the pocket, and it looked horrible mm-hmm. early on. The Bears started their season 0-4, and, of course, Getze gets crushed for it. Justin Fields had his day where he said he wanted to play a little bit more freely, but I do think you have to take into account the complications and what Luke Getze wanted to do, was trying to do. Now, maybe he wasn't doing it correctly. Maybe his coaching, the coaching that we don't see and the teaching points are not good, but he was trying to do with Justin Fields what we all wanted Justin Fields to be. Heck, you go back to even last year when the Bears early on, when they realized that whether they didn't have the right protection for Justin Fields or Justin Fields wasn't ready to be a big-time passing quarterback – what do they do? I think in the second game of the year last year, they, they just handed the ball off in that Green Bay game. They mm. lost the Green Bay game, but they had a safe game plan. And then Getze just let, let Justin Fields go. <laughs> he let, so so Getze does adjust to what the quarterback can be. But I think that Getze was just he, – he wanted what I think everybody else wanted. <laughs> so I, I don't know if he did it correctly, mm-hmm. but that's what I think he was trying to do. And I think that's what has to be kept in mind. And I know that's very dizzying too. And I, I feel like the, the way you laid that out, there's so much truth in what you said, while at the same time I think for Luke Getze's role in this, it's not nearly as dizzying as what you described. I know you're all about clock integrity, so I feel like it's worthy of a break here, and I would love to explain why it shouldn't have been as dizzying for Luke Getz. I love when you find the right spots to take the break. <laughs> that is what we're going to do. We're going to keep this conversation going. That is Big Ant, Anthony Heron. I am Mark Grody. We are in for Parkins and Spiegel. We'll be back after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. The Parkins and Spiegel Show. I'm sorry about this afternoon. Please, everyone be quiet. Afternoons on The Score. Really, it's uh, just relying on the relationships of the men and the guy next to you. You know, so we believe uh, in the man next to it, to you, and that's so important for us—the relationship piece and how hard we work. Um, you know, and the guys are tight, and we're just going to keep pulling together, and that's what we've been doing all along, and we're going to keep doing that, and uh, that'll be evident in our work, okay, that we put in for this week, and it'll be evident um, in, in the in the play we have on Sunday. That's the flus. Bears head coach Matt Eberflus, and I guess I have to give the the Luke Getze disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is because there's already been a couple of texts. Grody, how much did Getze pay you? Is Grody <laughs> going to defend bad coaches all day long? Uh, for, number one, I I get trust me, there is zero benefit for me to defend. A coach on the air. If I if I mm-hmm. wanted to to get in the good graces of the Bears, 
I'd go heavy defense on the players in the locker room. So trust me, there is zero benefit to it. And go ahead and read my Twitter timeline from the game this past week, and you will see Luke Getzey. Getzey, what are you doing? Critiques on there. Uh, yeah, it is unbelievable. Like some of somebody the, pulling their hair out. Some of these like the simpletons uh, uh. that that if they hear somebody defending a coach, mm-hmm. somehow you're in bed with the coach, or you're there to support him. And it I is. don't blame Gatsky. That that is that that is just not the I'm case. To think was that from Post Post the other night? I had somebody who had no idea how to pronounce Luke Getzey's name the other night. No, that was with the me. Post Post show. Oh, okay. That, that Getzky. Was Getzky. Okay. Getzky, yeah. All right, you I, got that. Yeah. Oh yeah, Getzky. Right. I was say I remember. I think I was working the show with you. When yeah. We had that call. <laughs> yeah. He went through the whole thing. and He said Getzky like four or five times. And I'm like, I yeah. couldn't get Getzky. I couldn't get past. So if you want to text that and tweet that at me, that's. Fine. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. By the way, go ahead. And yeah, we are out. open, and the texts are coming uh, in fast and right. furiously mm. in some case. But just know that you're being a simpleton if you're going to do something as low bar as <laughs> think that I am somehow protecting the <laughs> offensive coordinator or that I, I love you calling listeners simpletons. Well, I mean, I like seriously, it. it's it's just it's exa- <laughs> it's exhausting. It's like the, the 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 listeners who text stuff like that uh-huh. they are simpletons. Right. There's just no other way to put it. So, uh-huh. uh, but. But we were discussing, you were saying that the, you know, in, in terms of Luke Getze, that it's not as dizzying mm-hmm. as I'm perhaps making it out to be in right. terms of what Luke Getze has tried to do. And my point was that Luke Getze was trying to do what we all wanted him to do. And yeah, he if Justin Fields is not fully developed while he is here, if he is not here next year or if he's here next year and he's not developed – Luke Getze has culpability Getzky, in all but, of Getze. Know, Luke Getze, go go yeah. he uh, is partially culpable in all of this. Hey, I didn't think it was a great idea to bring in a guy who has never called plays <laughs> in the National Football League to develop a quarterback just because he worked with Aaron Rodgers. We know from the New Packers England. Packers offense was really good oh, while Getze yeah. was there. I mean, come on. We know from the New England tree that that <laughs> oftentimes, just because you have an all-world, historically good quarterback, doesn't mean they're going to be great quarterbacks mm-hmm. or quarterback coaches wherever they go. Yeah. the My issue with the first month of the season was that you know, in a, all the stuff you laid out for the the expectations of of what Justin Fields' development should become are one hundred percent valid. I believe the, the issue is Luke Getzey sees his quarterback on a daily basis and communicates with his quarterback throughout the entire offseason and training camp and preseason everywhere else. Then when they start playing regular season games, his job is to put his offense in the best position for success. And so his evaluation and Matt Eberflus's evaluation of that have to be a factor in that because this was a season where, you know, sure, MVP talk and and Super Bowl aspirations, those would have been very outsized. And some of that, you know, as far as talking MVP, like you referenced, was there in relation to Justin Fields. But for them, living in reality in Hallis Hall, Matty Berflus and Luke Getze have the advantage that most of us don't to actually watch and communicate with Justin Fields day in and day out and to recognize, to have the best seat to know what is he suited to perform at a high level with right now? So regardless of the hope of him becoming an immediately exceptional pocket passer, they should know that better than anyone, whether or not there's an opportunity for him to flourish in that role from game one. And it seemed painfully obvious to me that the Bears offense was not operating in a way that put not only Justin Fields, but wasn't putting the offensive line, which a lot of guys were banged up Mm -hmm. and injured in the preseason and everything else, wasn't putting the offensive line, wasn't putting the running backs, wasn't putting the quarterback in the best position for success. And I came on this station after the very first game and said, Matt Eberflus, I know he's running the defense. Well, not even running the defense, but he's the head coach and more so oversees the defense. He should have a hard conversation with Luke Getze immediately because that game plan against Green Bay made zero sense from what we saw last season from Justin Fields, what you saw in training camp that you were constantly reminding folks of for how the Bears passing offense was looking, even in the moments you guys got to watch, let alone the extensive version of what the coaches continued to see and what they were in the meeting room talking about and diagramming. So that first month of the season, to me, there is no explanation for that, no good one. But what I do like, is that Getze, in my opinion, did develop since the Denver game, has done a much more effective job, more consistently, of putting the offense in advantageous scenarios and utilizing the full arsenal of the skill set Justin Fields brings to the table. So like the 
the fourth and one that went awry the other day yep. where there was yep. a run pass option on it and one of Bolenberg's finest, Cameron Mitchell, who plays for the Cleveland Browns, he ends up penetrating into the backfield, makes a tackle, stops Justin Fields just short of, of picking up a first down at a critical moment in the game. That, to me, is a play call that says he's not only keeping the ball in Justin's hands, giving him the opportunity to make a play, but utilizing his mobility to do it. So that's an example of a moment that's far more damning, in my opinion, of Justin Fields than it is of Luke Getze. So I'm glad that Getze has developed to that point. But the first month of the season where that wasn't happening on, on an anywhere near consistent basis, there's no good explanation for that. Now, I would hope Kevin Warren, Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, folks talking to Getsy about that just to figure out what have we learned from that stretch. I hope that conversation eventually happened. But, you know, to say that the outside influences or the forces around the Bears felt like, and Justin himself felt like he should become a pocket passer, that's not a good enough reason to call plays, to scheme up game plans that don't give your offense the best chance for success for what they can execute. And, and let me be clear. I am here for the debate about Luke Getze, the good and the bad. I am just not here for the personal accusations of what would motivate me mm -hmm. to give the full picture yeah. of Luke Getze. You know, so mm -hmm. if, you, if you love Getze – that's fine. That's fine. But just the accusations just really get to me. I was surprised a couple of weeks ago. I know we got to get to break yeah, the top did. of the hour. Yeah. I was surprised a couple of weeks ago on, on Post Post when the Bears had won back-to-back -back games. And I was kind of posing the question, folks, about between Eberflus, Getze, and Fields. Then, you know, which ones do you think? Like, where, where do you kind of do? Now, I didn't necessarily do the, uh, the blame pie situation, but, like, you know. Who do you think is more likely to return? Which which ones do you think are better at the job, worse at the job, that sort of thing? And every caller that called in was out on Getsy. I was shocked by that. I was very surprised by that. And a lot of folks after the back-to-back -back wins were very in on Eberflus, very in on Fields, still very out on Getsy, which surprised me because I felt like they were all getting better at the gig. Well, I think part of the problem is that we have been burned badly in this town with offensive coordinators. There's been a yeah. bunch – of bad ones. I mean, they really have. So it's the easiest, fastest place for people to go just because we we know It's not the as easy and fast as quarterback, but yes, they, offensive oh, coordinator is a good one oh, too. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. They, they most offensive coordinators have been run out of town for sure. And yes, Luke Getzey has made his fair share of mistakes. We could ask some of these questions to our next guest as a matter of fact. That is a former Bears quarterback, uh, Chase yes. Daniel. So we'll ask him some of the things that we've been discussing here right now. We'll ask him to analyze Justin Fields' game, as he does each and every week here on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. So looking forward to talking to Chase Daniel next. Big Ant Heron and me, Mark Grody, on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.